Hello and welcome back to the Toffee Blues podcast, your source for all things Everton. My name's Thomas, uh, back with another podcast today. It's effectively the start of the season podcast. Um, I'm not sure if I want to say podcast any more times there, but uh, the Spurs game is coming up on Sunday. Uh, so we're back uh, with a season preview today and a Spurs preview. Um, joined by Terry McAllister, of course, of the Toffee Blues and very, very special guest. Apparently, he's going he's gonna to open our podcast for us today, talking all about uh, Everton's transfer business so far. This isn't going to make it into a video segment basically Owen's moment to shine if you don't know Owen of course from Breathe Everton on uh, Instagram uh, definitely check him out and of course check out his Twitter as well but Owen coming over to you first what are your thoughts on uh, Everton's transfer business uh, so far in the window then you know the last time I came on it was before all these like transfers were um, like sort of in the pipeline and we were getting linked with all different players I was a quite negative on the whole transfer situation at Everton and b I got I got a DM off someone on Twitter who accused, who said all them transfer links like Darlow and um, I think I might say Diata were very hipster for me and they were expecting for me <laughs> to say Jeff Hendrick and uh, <laughs> Alex Bruce and everything that's so <laughs> so I, I felt like I um, let the side down for the um, anti-hipster organisation but I am very pleased and I'm not going to lie with the business we've done in the past week I think probably Alan's my favourite of the signings because I think we're just crying out for someone in the midfield who can just like put fires out, you know, put set traps across the pitch, win the ball back, shield the back four. And I love all that because I feel like it just alleviates all the pressure on the back four. And ultimately, Pickford, who's, who's very shaky, as we all know. And then you've got Decore, who is the box to box powerhouse. And he gets, I think he's got something like 19 goals in his time or Watford or something like that. I don't think that. It, we are midfield players for five years. They'll get that between them. Um, so that's a positive. If he, if he could get even more goals, if he's playing with better players. And obviously, James Rodriguez is the pick of the bunch, bunch which at first, I was pretty negative about him. I was going to lie to the four. 29-year-old or wherever he is coming, coming to Everton. Injury prone, are we going to see him very much? But I, I suppose we've just got to wait and see. I think he's a quality, quality player. And if we can get him on the pitch, I think that elevates us up, I'll say, about 10 points, to be honest, because that star quality is just so it's priceless, really, what someone like him could offer. I think it's just about getting him on the pitch. I'd, not Also, I think the issue with Real was I don't think he was in Zidane's type of player. And so that's probably why he didn't get on the pitch much either. But I think fresh start for him at Everton the business we've done so far and Samori being linked on loan. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. If we could get that done, wrapped up, be really happy with that. So I'm slightly disappointed 
Kenny Tete's left for Fulham because I think he could have done the job for us. Yeah, and then so you mentioned Tomori there. Do you think? I mean, it's a, it's a, there's different questions basically. I mean, one on one hand, you could say, do you think we're done? Because I mean, the ask will tell you we've got no money left. But uh, oh, we have do no you want to call this according to him? Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to be done, or uh, what else? Where else do you think we need to recruit before we um? Well, not before we go into the season, before the fifth of October or whenever the window closes, something like that. Um, I, I so I don't know. I suppose we'll have to say. I think I feel like if we could get Tamori in on loan, that'll be I think another centre. I'm not, I weren't big on buying another centre back, but now someone said Tamori will want him. It's that kind of thing. If you didn't say him, I wouldn't have wanted them, but now I do because you said it. Um, I think in that case, then um, I think what Teddy's been saying for a few weeks about keeping Kenny and um, Coleman for the next season, not as like an ideal, but sort of like. If it allows us to fill in the areas we desperately need, I think Coleman, especially defensively, can do a job. And I think this league's showing now if you can have just some players that can do a job, I think that that's just fine. I think you don't need to sort of like reinvent sort of the wheel on football or anything. You'd be fine. And I think Kenny, I think for the odd game, you can live with that. Especially if you're playing a team who are just defending. I think his crossing's all right, so he can pick a good cross out. And then I think we I think we need another winger because I'm not sold on Bernard at all. I think Awobi's more of a central player. I don't think his future's really in the system we're going to play. Walcott, I think, decent, but he's all right. I, think, I wouldn't say he should be our starter. And Anthony Gordon's still very young, so we'll have to wait and see how he does. And we've got obviously Hammers, but I just think another winger and Tamori on loan, and I think that'll be a great window. Yeah, I agree to be fair. And I wasn't going to come to Terry, but I know Terry's actually got some thoughts on Bernard. So just before we kind of move into the video segment, Terry, what are your kind of thoughts on Bernard and Awobi, basically just what Owen was uh, talking about there? I think if we got an offer for either of them, then we'd sell them. I think they'd probably prefer to sell Bernard because he's on more money and um, probably look better on FFP considering, you know, we got him for free and we spent a fair bit of money on Awobi and, and Awobi's... Um, younger so but I don't think either of them are particularly safe it's just I just don't envision getting many offers I think that's going to be the hardest thing now to get rid of players because not a lot of clubs have got a lot of money and if you if clubs are going to be very you know careful with the money they're not going to buy let's be honest shite from Everton are they like no one's going to come in and, and get like no one's going to be knocking our door down for you know Fabian Delphardy but we'd probably like to see him gone and quite a few others as well this is the thing that really gets me, to be honest, at the moment with sort of like any big play with quite a big price tag, no, most notably Wilfred Zaha. It's like, we'll offer you a fiver and just about 20 plays we don't want, but we'll presume you want them. It's like, that's not going to work. No one's going to accept that, are they? So. No, I, I, I saw that and I just think, yeah, you're saying to Palace, you know, well, we'll, you know, we'll give you give you the 10 bob note and, uh, <laughs> you know, it will be in, and Kenny. Um, you can have Sigurdsson as well if you want but imagine Man United wanted Richarlison and they were going yeah we'll give you Lingard and we'll give you Delaw and we'll give you we'll give you uh, Phil Jones as well if you want yeah I'll be sound won't it I hate that mentality that clubs who are smaller than you can just will just stand there and let you take the piss out of them it's like it's not going to happen like, it'd be great if they wanted a player and it could bring his price right down but let's be honest if they did I think we'd have done that yesterday we, we obviously would really like Zaha, but if they were willing to take Dross off us, these will let us know before now. Yeah, so uh, there you have it. That was just a bit of a 
a short transfer talk at the start of the video, uh, start of the podcast, sorry. Uh, but we're now going to get in a bit more content about kind of, you know, getting back on the pitch now. We've had the majority of the transfer window. We've had a kind of pre-season. Uh, so our first segment coming up is the season preview. Today we're going to be kind of giving our season preview um, ahead of the 2020-21 campaign. Um, we are going to talk about Everton, we'll talk about the league a bit in general as well, uh, kind of the clubs that we think might finish kind of around us, but kind of I'll come to Owen first. I mean, we've, we on the podcast there we've just spoken briefly about how probably more optimistic we're looking towards the season ahead of, you know, after the transfer business we've kind of done in the last seven days almost now. So, Owen, kind of initial thoughts, where do you think we're going to finish? What kind of season do you think we'll have? Oh, I've sort of like gone all around the houses where I think Evan we're going to finish up before we were even linked with anyone of course it's finished 12th last season and it doesn't look like the squad's any better than 12th so I thought we'll finish 12th then of course you know what we'll probably get a few players in let's see you but I think we'll be 10th and then, then we've just gone on an absolute whirlwind of like Decore, Alan, James Rodriguez Samori on loan maybe Zaha whoever and I'm thinking seven four eight. I think people who are saying the top six are very unrealistic considering I think the top six are quite strong. I think obviously Chelsea have brought in some good players, we'll see how they do. I think Tottenham, superb coach, I just see how it's set up really there, but I think they'll get results at least. Um Man United are still worries over the manager, but I still think despite that their team's really good and think the mid the midfield Attacking wise, anyway, with Pogba and Fernandez is excellent. And then Arsenal, they're probably closer to us, but then again, I still think a Bambiang lifts them up a bit further. I think they'll probably be closer to us if they hadn't kept them, but if they're going to keep them, I think they're going to be closer to fifth than they are seventh. So it'll be between us and Wolves, I think, for seventh. I think that we, I think we've done better business than Wolves. I don't guess spending 40 million on it. 18-year-olds when you've got no players, but it's each to their own. Um, also, Wolves, I've got his eight at the moment, I think that's because I still think in some key areas we're like, quite behind and like right back. I think we lack a winger, but you know, a couple of players here and there, so I think we'll finish seventh, but at the moment, eight. Yeah, Owen, uh, Terry, what are, you, what are your thoughts going into the season? To be honest, I think this season, and it is an overused expression, but it'll be a season of, of genuine transition. It's not even about the new players coming in and transforming Everton and whatnot. We've, it's more about we've had you know, several years now of flitting between managers, styles of play, you know, expectations, and we've just literally landed in the middle of the table every year with a mess of a squad, with a mess of, you know, a managerial situation, whereas now I think we might start to see some stability going forward because of the manager we've got. That isn't to say we won't have bad spells under Ancelotti, but I think we've now got the trust in the manager as a fan base and as a club in general, where we'll wear the bad spells. So he won't be going like the other managers have after you know several months and some bad runs if if they if they occur. So now. It's half, you know, new players coming in and changing the dynamic and the culture of the club, and half Ancelotti getting his methods sort of bedded in and basically 
going through the squads and you know the players who can you know do things Carlo's way will stay and the ones who can't will go. It's what we had under David Moyes. It's what other managers who've been in jobs long term have had from the very top at Jurgen Klopp to Owen's favourites in Burnley. You know, like the the um, that stability will you know breed better success and better performances and results on the pitch. So I think this season will be a real season of change from the turbulent few years to more of a stable style and a stable set of um, expectations right the way throughout the club. So what that means without waffle speak is I don't expect, you know, great achievement this year, but I expect more consistency and I expect to see a style in our, in our play and in how we do things and, and what have yet to become apparent to be visible. So, with its regards to finishing in the league, I agree with that one, seventh, because I think the top six all are a little bit too far ahead of us. Like, let's not forget we're bringing in good players, but they've been bringing in good players for years while we haven't. Um, we've got a better manager than a lot of the top six, but how much that can you know make the difference considering the gap in playing squad, I don't know. Seventh is, you know jokingly called on, on the Guardian Football Weekly podcast, the Everton Cup, because we finish seventh every year, but we haven't for the past few years. And that's half because, you know, Wolves have you know, Wolves Wolves have um, have turned up and they've had a couple of good years, but they're not Everton. If Everton get their act together, we'll we're better than Wolves. Like we'll we'll just you know, we'll go back ahead of Wolves. We we've sort of shot ourselves in the foot and then had a chance to have a race with another club who were nice and organised. But we get our act together, we're still better than Wolves, we're still bigger than Wolves. I think we'll get back into seventh, which will be a good first step. And then after that, it's all about what business you do. So the, the, the easy bit is getting back to seventh in a way. The hard bit is going any further than that because we've already been seventh a hundred times. Getting further is where we need to go, but one step at a time, as I say. Yeah, but what I would say, though, and I think this could be taken out of context for some people, I'm going to say, but if Everton have a season similar to Ronald Koeman's first season at the club, but with the sort of like building blocks properly put in place, I think that's exactly what we need right now, just a, a solid year to consolidate ourselves as the best of the rest, to then look to go further then. I, th- I think at the moment, going from 12th to the top six is a bit fanciful, to be honest. Yeah, I don't particularly think it's anything, it's about closing the gap on the top six. It's putting the gap back between us and everyone else. Like that Ronald Koeman season, you're saying we finished, you know, I, I can't remember. It was, I think it was like seven points off uh, the sixth place when we were in seventh, but I'm sure we were 14 points ahead of eighth at West Brom yeah, at the time. Yeah. So we were 15 ahead of West Brom, I think. That's what we need to get back to. And it's, you know, it's not a glamorous, it's not, you know, we think, you know, Ancelotti's here for, but it, it you know, we were 12th last season. We need to re establish ourselves as top six, then Everton. Put, you know, Wolves, um, Sheffield United, Southampton, all these clubs who are good, but not, you know, like, not really who we want to be competing with, put them back behind us and get ourselves back, stay on a stable footing. And then next summer, when we've got a little bit more financial freedom with some of the Cumin players, you know, coming off the um, profits and loss, you know, spreadsheet, then start looking and building even more, you know, quality players into the squad, getting rid of more dross who are holding us back. And then work from there. This season really is, as you say, a, a stabilising transitional season for me. 
it, it could do better than that. Could be brilliant. Could could surprise everyone. But I, I'd be happy with 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 that that Cumin year. But you know, build on it properly next time. Yeah, yeah. I think. That, sorry, go on. No, I was just saying. Yeah. Oh right. Well, I'm just going to say like I think this centre midfield. I, I, I'm not sure I've, I've ever seen an Everton team which was so. It has such a gaping hole in it, which was such an essential part of the team, to be honest, until last season where we saw from the restart. I mean, we knew it all along, really, that the centre midfield was poor, but it really did kind of come to fruition kind of in that lockdown um, period of football. And I, I mentioned it in a tweet kind of when everyone was losing their heads, as, as we all do, uh, on, on Twitter after, a, after whatever that string of losses we had was. I, I mentioned... I thought we had a, an all right shell of a team, to be honest. Like I, I spoke about with Charles and Holgate, um, <laughs> even Mina sometimes, uh, Cavalier in the front. I thought we had a decent team, Luca Dean uh, on the uh, left back. But the, the massive problem was, and it, I don't think you can underestimate it at all, was the centre midfield. And I was desperate for us to go out and recruit them. I mean, we absolutely have, uh, to be fair. Um, bringing in Allen and Decore, I mean, it brings literally everything, every single quality that our midfield lacked. I'd say we probably have now. I mean, midfield of Davies, Gomez, Sigurdsson, I mean, what it didn't have much defensive ability, um, as much as Superstato would like to argue with us as he has been uh, back on Twitter today. Um, it didn't have any kind of energy, any kind of driving us forwards. And we've answered that problem massively. I think our season massively depends on how quickly Allen and Decore hit the ground running. Yeah, yes, it would be nice to see Hammers have a very good start. But I think he's out of the three. It's going to take more time to um, become accustomed to the league. And I think the centre midfield is, is more essential. I mean, I mean, we could play Hammers there. I think that's going to be unlikely. We play him uh, two midfielders in a four-four-two. But um, I, th- I just think that our season will very much depend on how quickly Decore can get in. By the sounds of it, he's fit. Uh, he hasn't been trained with Watford like properly in the squad. But I mean, he's been training anyway. Uh, Alan was with Napoli's uh, training squad, and because. All this this business has happened late to an extent. I mean, there's still actually almost a month left on the window. Um, so you could say that's been a bit harsh. But because of the way the business has been done, we might have a slow start. But so the majority of teams, to be fair, I mean, I mean, we're not going to talk about Spurs too much here because we'll have a preview on that. But they have, I don't know how many fixtures coming up in the next month or so uh, because of their Europa League campaign, if they stay in the Carabao Cup as well. I mean, it just shows every team has got a very congested fixture list. So I'm not even going to blame fitness too much, to be honest, because everyone's going to have their problems. So I think it depends the instant impact that Alan and DeCorey have for me. Um, I'm hoping we can get back up there in that kind of seventh position that, as you mentioned, the Everton Cup, it did seem like ours for years and years and years. I think the difference is between us and Wolves at the moment, we're still kind of fixing a squad, it seems to me, like they're... Their signs haven't been kind of fixing holes in their squad. It's more just been adding to it. Like, they didn't need Fabio Silva, but, I mean, they signed him anyway. I mean, they probably need to recruit him right back now. They've lost Doherty. I mean, I don't know their squad inside out, but it seems we're actually answering the problems that we had, but they're just kind of signing different players at the moment, which, I mean, might turn out. For, I mean, they might have criticised Wolves, obviously. They've had a brilliant couple of seasons, but uh, as, you, as you both mentioned, they're probably going to be our kind of main rivals for European football as well potentially that seventh position. It wasn't Europa League last year, but it tends to be, doesn't it? Terry, come to you first, kind of, who else are you maybe expecting to be round about that that position that we might be competing with? Um, well, if you, if you take the established, you know, Sky Six as being, you know, in situ, then Leicester City, I think they will drop off, but they're still going to be there. 
Like they won't be as good as they were last season, but last season they were in, you know, second for a lot of the season or third. <laughs> That's mad. Um, yeah. So so they, they I feel they will drop off because, you know, Rogers, you know, is Rogers, let's be honest. He, this is what he does. But it doesn't mean they're suddenly gonna be, you know, a non entity. They will be there and probably, you know, easily the favourites for seventh place. Then you've got Wolves, obviously. Um Southampton. They've got a they've got, you know, a good manager, a very good manager and a goal scorer, and sometimes that's all you need. So I think Southampton could be um, could be very dangerous. Um, outside of that, I think everyone else will just, you know, be quite steady. You know, you'll still get, you know, Burnley will do well, and but they won't probably threaten to get seventh with too many of the, you know, more, you know, the wealthier teams like ourselves um, in and amongst them. Um, same goes for Sheffield United. They'll probably consolidate, but they won't, you know, hit the heights of last season. I uh, don't think they'll collapse. Everyone's expecting them to have a second season syndrome. I don't think they will. I just think they'll. They'll slot nicely into the league and, and just be another Crystal Palace who do well in some game poor and others and then just stay steady. So Southampton, Leicester, Wolves, Everton, I think are the, the four who are going to be in and amongst that. And whether we're going to whether that group works out like that and whether they're close to the top six or there's a big gap, I don't know. It's a very unpredictable league at the best of times, especially now with no um crowds and what have you, but probably Probably Leicester because they they're coming from a position of greater strength than any of the others of the main rivals. But we'll wait and see. Yeah, Owen, do you, do you agree with that? Um, I've actually got Leicester tenth. The thing with Brendan Rodgers for me is that is that um, he, he gets found out very quickly. I think if you have a look at Leicester in two thousand and nineteen, they'll probably be like top or second in the whole calendar year because he was they were just brilliant. If you look at the in 2020, I think the 17th or 16th, you've got their wide players aren't very good either. I think Harvey Barnes is all right. He's not much, so I don't think they'll be as good. I think they'll be in the pack challenging for seventh, but I don't think they will get seventh. I think they'll be a bit short. Um, and then I agree, Wolves and Southampton. I think Wolves and yeah, Wolves and Southampton. I think Wolves. They just it's. I talked about it this morning on what I wrote. I said the key thing in this league, I think, to get by and to sort of do well is to have continuity and they have continuity. The team really changes. The system doesn't change. The manager hasn't changed. So I think they'll be around the same. And I think at Southampton, I think Ralph Arsenal is doing a very good job there. I think he, he were really poor, I think, when he first came in because I think he was still trying to sort of recover the what I call the Marquis syndrome, which is no tactics, just have a go, and the, the, you can't really do that in the Premier League anymore. Hence, why he's got not got a job, and the and so Ralph's turned that around. I think the end of the season brilliantly, and I think they'll be in the picks. And then after that, below that, I think will be um, I think that looking just below that will probably be um, Burnley and Sheffield United, and maybe Crystal Palace. Yeah. Yeah, I mainly agree. Um, I, I can see Southampton having another solid season. To be fair, the way they kind of kicked on after the start of last year. So, see, I mean, we all we all know about the nine nil or whatever. Everyone yeah. kind of tipped them to go down, but turned around massively. The momentum's everything in football at the end of the day, and they carried on. Um, you know, being a brilliant side, and we saw them when they came to Goodison Park um, a couple of months ago. I mean, if you've got that kind of energy, I mean, you're going to do well in the Premier League. You know, some managers just their tactics don't really fit it, but Hassan Huddle just seems to 
know exactly what he needs to do at the end of the day. They have much more energy than us. Um, they're very kind of high tempo pressing team. So I can see them definitely challenging up there as well. I, I can see us there. Wolves and Leicester, I agree. Um, I think it's interesting now, though, because I mean, I'd also probably throw potentially Arsenal in there, to be honest, because yes, they've they've brought in Willian and Gabriel. Yes, um, they, they've recruited. They've had a they've had a season. Well, kind of a season under Arteta. I, I think they're quite unpredictable at the moment. They could drop. Well, I wouldn't say drop, but they could be in that same fight uh, as we saw them in um, just the season just gone, uh, in my opinion. Um, but in terms of that, I can't see anyone else challenging. Yes, Palace have yeah done well to get Batshuayi today, but they're not going to they're not going to really do anything. Sheffield United, I agree, they're kind of probably just going to slot in. Okay, they could all kind of defy expectations again. Probably not um, a solid side, but not going to really you know achieve what they did last year. And then just to kind of round off this video, um, we can talk about the rest of the league quite briefly, just kind of early predictions that we can be called out for by by the Everton Dars Twitter in a, in a couple of months' time. But um, Owen, we'll come to you first. I mean, I know you've done your article on it, but should we just start with relegation? Who are you tipping to go down? Aston Villa, West Brom, Fulham. Short and to the point, that's what we like. Terry, no, who are you thinking? No, I just, I just think it's between Aston Villa, West Ham and Brighton. I think Brian. I think, I think second season for Potter. I think they, they could have gone down last season, but I think he knows the club a bit better now. The defense is pretty good there, though. His nine million passes before you get the goal will continue to stop them scoring goals and creating chances because they're so easy to defend against. So they'll be down there. Um, West Ham are a mess. I can't see Moyes staying, and if Moyes doesn't stay, if he if he doesn't want it, then. You're looking at really the bottom of the barrel then, aren't you? And they all struggle. And then Villa, he brought in Cash and Watkins, who I like, but I think even after that, I think Dean Smith is probably not, probably one of the worst managers in the league. We've probably Scott Parker. And I, I just don't think he's got the tactical ability to go again. I think they got really, really lucky to stay up. I think Leeds, while they won't be top half and conquer the world and create passing, I, I still think they'll be fine. Yeah, Terry. Um, Fulham, West Brom, and Brighton. I'm um, I'm borderline with you know Aston Villa, but I, I don't know. I just think I think Aston Villa will probably squeak up again, probably in less controversial circumstances. Um, I think Leeds will probably finish just above them. West Ham probably. To be honest, the bottom six will be will be basically an interchangeable sort of set of those clubs. So it'll be Fulham, West Brom, Brighton, and they'll be the bottom three for me. And then in any order for the three above them will be Villa, Leeds, West Ham. Um, Villa, and Le- Villa and Leeds are obviously bigger clubs, but they're not, they're not as, you know, they're not at the minute, are they? Let's be honest, they've got poor squad. Well, Villa have got a poor squad. We don't know about Leeds, but I think Leeds will probably, I mean, this is not, Groundbreaking. A few people have predicted this. I think they'll come out the blocks flying, yeah. um, and then probably completely gas out as the season goes on. And they're going to struggle without a home crowd for as long as they haven't got one. Um, and West Ham. Who knows? Who knows at West Ham? But I think those three will stay up. That'll be the bottom six. That'll be fighting it at the end of the season. But um, those three will go down: Fulham, West Brom, and Brighton. I can see West Ham really struggling, to be honest, um, purely because 
if they then sack David Moyes, where do they turn to next? I mean, obviously, they brought him in, what, two years ago now. He did a great job for them then. Sack him. You bring in Manuel Pellegrini, who did all right for a bit, but then he massively tailed off. I, I didn't expect them to go back to David Moyes, but then they did. What? Nothing. Nothing. But Pellegrini, absolutely woeful coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously, if they sack David Moyes now... I mean, I really don't get where they turn to next. It's not that they're going to go back to Big Sam. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to walk back in there. So let, it, you then, you've then got to wonder where, where do they look to. Maybe, maybe we might see Nigel Pearson come back uh, into a job this year. He did quite well for Watford. He might be the, the man that people go to if they're in a struggle. I can see Leeds being fine. Fulham, I can't see being brilliant. I mean, they kind of... But then, to be fair, with teams that kind of come up, you know, that kind of through the playoffs, if they didn't, you know, if they're not, you know, top... I'm, by top, I mean like third. If they don't kind of come third at the, the top of the playoff places, play, sometimes they do all right. Like Palace came up, didn't they, when they were in like seventh or something, and they're, and they're still here. So, but I can't see Fulham having a particularly strong season. Um, I can see West Ham spiraling, as I mentioned. I'm going to go for West Ham, Fulham, and West Brom going down. I mean, West Brom are good. I think Billich has them playing all right. Um, he's been there for a while now, so he, he does know the squad, but they don't have a Premier League quality squad, uh, really. So I, I can't see them doing brilliantly. But other than that, I mean, I guess we could take the top four if you really want to. Um, Owen, Champions League football. Say, Nigel Pearson's new clubs, West Brom. That's it. That's the that that. Yeah. Put it out when he's appointed in November. Um, <laughs> top four: um, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Spurs. Okay, Terry. Liverpool, City. Um... Spurs, Chelsea. Uh, I'll go. Uh, it pays me to say it, but I'll go Liverpool, City, Chelsea, and United. Probably. I think Spurs will have a better season than last season, but I, I don't know if I can see them breaking in yet. I mean, speaking to and um, the lads from We Are Tottenham TV, they're not the most confident in their transfer business so far. I mean, they still haven't brought in a striker. Yes, they've done well to bring in Hoybier and Doherty, but. They still don't have any kind of plan B at all if Harry Kane, not even if Harry Kane gets injured, if Harry Kane just isn't working in a game, they then don't have anything to turn to because you're not like you are not going to bring on Troy Parrott at the end of the day. So the and I'm not Oh, he's at Millwall, of course. He definitely can't bring him on then. But um I just I can't really see them breaking in the Champions League yet, maybe give it a couple of years. And then but I think Chelsea may be the, one of the more interesting teams in the league now. Uh, because if they don't then if they don't have a you know, a really good start. This question's being asked. There was kind of, you know, no expectations last year. Um, you know, they had a young squad, couldn't make transfers. People say they couldn't sign players. At the end of the day, they brought in Pulisic and Kovacic, which aren't bad signs at all. You definitely take them in evidence. But I think if they don't hit the ground running, questions could stop being asked to Frank Lampard because the money's now been spent. But I think they'll probably make Champions League anyway. But that's pretty much it um, for our kind of season preview. Spoke a bit about Everton as well as the rest of the league. First preview um, of the 2020-21 campaign. First game up is a way away to Spurs uh, on Sunday. Um, in terms of expectations, I'm just going to start this off. I've got very little going in this game. It's not going to be the most high-energy, high-tempo game at the end of the day. It's the first game after a pretty 
short preseason. Spurs have a lot of games. We'd have signings that haven't played for us yet. I can't see in it setting the world alight. But Owen, kind of your initial thoughts on the game going into it? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a one nil either way. To be honest, I think as when we came back after lockdown after that break, I think it's going to be a similar type of game to what we saw when we first came back. Nil nils, one nils, like edgy games where I think teams who start the season no pre-season. I think they just want to get points on the board and build fitness up. And I think Evan's going to be pretty much the same. I think if you're, if you're offering me a nil-nil now, I'll probably take it just to get off the mark, get a point, and then with West Brom at home, that's your chance to get your first three points, I think. We're going to be quite limited in what we can put out because people have come back from like international duty and not whatnot. So I think it's just a case of just trying to get out the game with something. And where we get. I'd love to see the new signings play, but I doubt any of them will probably play. Hoping Alan maybe because he's been there a bit longer, but more hope than expectation to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah, Terry, your initial thoughts going into it? Yeah, it feels like we were only doing this five minutes ago, doesn't it? The uh, yeah, the Tottenham yeah. game. Um, yeah, I agree with that one. I, I think the early games, um, because of the short preseason and because everyone's still doing transfer business, um, you know. It, Traditionally, when the transfer window, you know, used to shut while the season had started, it's clubs like us who didn't do all of our business till the end usually would only get their season going after the international break, wouldn't they? After they'd um, done all the business and it would shut. So I think it'll be similar to that now. We'll probably see, you know, draws, you know, cagey games. Um, and then when this transfer window shuts, you'll start to see people's proper teams taking shape and, you know, how the season's going to pan out. This game, I wouldn't, you know, if you're a neutral, I wouldn't, you know, set time aside to watch this because <laughs> I think both both teams are going to set up to be compact and, and like defensive and try and hit the other one on the break. So, because, we're, you know, for example, we've got Holgate injured, so we're going to play Mina and Keane. So we're going to sit in the low block and we're going to have probably Coleman at right back and we're probably just going to want Tottenham to come on to us and we'll try and hit them on the break with him, Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison, which, you know, we're why wouldn't we do that? But this is Jose Mourinho's uh, Tottenham. They're not going to leave us loads of gaps to exploit on the break and at the back. So I think this will be a cagey game. And I think we'll, uh, I think, wouldn't be surprised if we saw a draw just to get points on the board for each team, for each manager. And then obviously we've got the home game, as uh, Owen said, to register our first win. And just yeah. see the image now of both teams sitting in a low block and the ball being left in the middle of the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it, it's not going to be a spectacle of football, I don't think. I mean, obviously, our new signs haven't played. Dockley hasn't played for them yet, I don't think, in their preseason. Hoybier apparently has. Apparently, he's been quite decent. Um, I mean, we could speak a bit about him, obviously, uh, not coming in. But uh, that's the, in terms of their transfers, I think that's pretty much it. But coming to Terry, I mean, this isn't going to be in the start 11 video, but are you going to look to any of the transfers to kind of go straight into the team? I think Alan will because we need someone who can tackle and retain and recover Sorry, the ball in the centre of midfield. I still think we'll get the old uh, Sigurdsson in centre midfield with the armbands on, but it'll be next to Alan, so he might look a bit better. Because um, obviously Gomez was sent home for you know his levels and his fitness not being up to the standards for Portugal, so I don't see him having a big turnaround in that time. Oh. So, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming we'd only see Alan and we'll have um, Decore and... and um, Hammers on the bench. I think you've got to be gentle with the, the players. 
you know, new players going in straight away because they haven't had much, you know, if they've had a pre-season, which, you know, Takore and Alan have, um, they won't have had much of one and they certainly haven't had one with our team. But I think Alan's sort of role, because we've got no one else who can play that position, we might have to put him straight in. Whereas Hammers can wait and Takore can certainly wait because we've got, you know, players who can play that position. It could surprise us, though, who knows? We could end up with all three starting and everyone's head falls off. But I reckon Alan as well, just Alan. I think it is tricky because I'm not sure. I don't think any three of them have actually played a game in pre-season yet. Um, so none of them have actually got any minutes. I mean, it's it's not like we've got loads. We've had two games. Obviously, we have had players playing international games. We've had Luca Dean at France. Um, Moise Keane's played like five minutes or something for the Italian team. Keane didn't feature for England. Uh, it's not exactly ideal by the sounds of it. Spurs have played more games than us in pre-season, so they seem to be a bit more ready. But, Owen, are you expecting any of the new signs to come straight in? No, just just Alan, and I'd say that a push as well because I think we need someone in there who can run around a bit. I don't think we can go Gomez and Davis. We won't be going Gomez because quite surprised he's unfit. But we've got Davis and Tiggers, and I don't think we can go for that. Um, so Alan, I think he'll just say just run around a bit, mate, because you, you won't be able to play here even if you do badly. And I think he'll put him next to um, Gilsey. I think he'll play. Mainly because I think set pieces, if we're looking to win a game, he'll be through a corner and stuff. And so he's all right off them. So I think he'll be Ferguson and Allen. I think it'll just be a case of whoever's fifth plays on the wide area. I can see Decorah and Allen play. I'm not sure he's them both. And of course, decorah has been with Watford, former Premier League team, uh, as, as Terry does like to call them. Uh, of course, he does <laughs> have that Premier League experience. He doesn't need time to bed in necessarily uh, to to the league, but. Yeah, he, he's, he will have trained less than Hammers and Allen. I, I definitely don't think we'll see Hammers. Um, I don't I don't see the need to rush him in, really. I mean, yes, he's going to add a lot of quality, but I think one of at least one of the centre midfielders is what we need desperately. Allen will make a lot of sense. He did train with Napoli at their training squad for, I don't know, a week or something. I can't remember how long it was. He knows Ancelotti's system um, better than Ducore. Definitely does. I'm not sure about Hammers. I'm not sure what Ancelotti really used. Uh, when he used Hamilton in the past, but we can definitely talk about system because we've seen 4-3-3 uh, in pretty much both preseason games. Of course, we spent most of last year playing a 4-4-2. Uh, Owen, what do you really see us starting with uh, today? I mean, I mean, we've all spoken about the low block already, so I can imagine what you're going to say, but what, what system do you think we'll really go into this game with? I, I think we'll play a 4-4-2. Well, yeah. <laughs> while, um, while, while we have been playing with a three-man midfield and towards the end of last season and the um, pre-season. I think that's just because none of our midfield can run. And I think Ancelotti probably thinks we'll just throw three of them in there to run around a bit as opposed to two of them. Now, with Alan in there, I think you've got legs and energy or Decore, if he plays one of them, I think he puts Sigurdsson next to them. I think he thinks we can get away with going back to a 4-4-2 because there'll be more energy. And I think that's what ultimately he wants to play. He might play a 4-3-3, but I'm sort sort of sticking in there, hoping he goes for four four two. Yeah, Terry, do you agree? Yeah, I agree completely. I think the the change of formation has just been an out of necessity because he realised these midfielders can't live with a four four two. But now he's he might not put all the midfielders straight in, but he's now he's got midfielders in training who can play a four four two. Um, I think he'll revert back to that because it, it does get the best out of the two strikers and they're the two players you need to build around. So um, 
Alan and then eventually Alan Anzacore and, you know, the forgotten man, Gabamon, possibly eventually, could be um, part of a 4-4-2. And he might just build around that. And then, you know, who knows? You could have Hammers on that left, you know, playmaker role. Could have him. I don't think he's fast enough to go on the right, but, you know, we got options now, whereas we didn't have them when he was in the restart games and the pre-season. Yeah, I can say a start with a 4-4-2. I know we played the 4-3-3 in pre-season, but it's not like that really ever has much bearing on the tactics. I mean, against Preston, of course, Bernard was playing kind of centrally in a 4-3-3 with Sigurdsson in the same midfield. It's not like that's going to happen at all um, going into this game. So I can see starting with a 4-4-2, uh, especially because not everyone's full fitness. Also, not everyone's been there the whole of pre-season. 4-3-3 is, I mean, to an extent, we don't know what goes on the training ground, but it is a fairly new tactic to them all. They've played a lot more in the 4-4-2 under Ancelotti. Uh, so maybe for the first couple of weeks, he might just want to stick to what they know. But there's not too much we can really get into this because it is pre-season. And we can't really analyse Spurs' past results. But we can talk about their transfer business. Um, they have brought in Doherty from Wolves, about £15 million, I think. Uh, Hoybier was a similar fee. Of course, a player that we were after early on uh, in the window, but he decided he wanted to go to Spurs instead. Owen, what have your thoughts really been on their transfer business? Do you think it's been good? And where do you think they're still lacking going into this game? Uh, I, I think with Spurs, and it's been the same thing for quite a number of years now. It's, they've got a great first eleven, but I think if you scratch below the beneath the surface, they haven't really got a great like bench and cover. And that. I, I think Hoybjerg's a, a good player out of Adam Marevin, who's no doubt. I think he gets around the pitch. I think he provides energy. I think he's suited to the way Mourinho wants to play. Doherty, I'm unsure of him, to be honest, as a top-level fullback, but I don't. he could prove me wrong. He could do well. I think he's decent enough. Um, I think this, he still lack a bit, but I think any confidence I have in Spurs is due to Jose Mourinho and not any of really their players. Kane, he's a good finisher. And they've got some good players, of course. They're a top-six team, but my confidence is with the manager. Yeah, I, th- I think they've done good business, to be fair. I think Hoybier had something that they were lacking because, speaking of Spurs fans, and Don Belly wasn't doing a whole lot of running last year. Um, they had some similar problems to us, not in the same kind of extent, but they had they also lacked some energy problems, and that's what Hoybier definitely brings in in kind of uh, masses. That's why we definitely wanted to bring him in early on. I think Doherty would be... I think he'll suit them a lot, to be fair, because we know that um, Mourinho can play with that kind of the wing-back rule. We saw Aurier being deployed a bit further forwards last year. I'm not sure Mourinho is even the biggest fan of Aurier. I mean, I don't know if either of you watched the documentary, but he kind of does have a go of him quite a few times for being caught out of position or, you know, being a poor tackle of the ball. He's now brought in a man that he seemed very keen and I think he'll suit the system well. Uh, and we saw against Wolves last year when we played them, uh, was it the Marnie when they beat us 3-0? Their width was far too much. I mean, everything was... They were far too much for us in kind of every position. But again, the width that they, they had with Tockney at the time and Johnny uh, was a massive problem for us. And I'm not sure defence knew really how much to handle it. But Terry, what are your thoughts on Spurs transfer business? Um, it's not done. They never, they're never done early Spurs. They, they will do more business at the end of the window when prices come down. They've, they're the masters at it. So what they've done so far, it's boring, isn't it? Just holding midfielder and a right back. Oh. It's, it's, it's but it's functional. It's it's certainly fat. You know, like it's. I'm not saying it's bad business. It's good business, but you can't get excited about a right back and a set on a whole midfielder, can you? It's just like yeah, they they're good players. They'll improve spares. But you know, when you look at our transfers, 
does it, is anyone buzzing over it? Like outside, does I mean, was anyone on a Tottenham show say, can't believe they've got to Corey? They'd all talk about hammers, wouldn't they? They'd all say, yeah, you know, yeah, they're getting that, you know, creative attacking player from Real Madrid. So it's hard to go too nuts, but I think Hoiberg's a good player, uh, same as Owen Adams loved him here. I thought he was good, you know, he'd have been, you know, good, good fit for our system. Doherty, I don't. I'd be interested to see how he gets on in a flat back four if that's what they play. Um, because he's been obviously a wing back, hasn't he? Um, at Wolves and he's excelled there. So whether he's as good there, we'll see. Um, I don't know. It's functional, isn't it? It's, it's very, it's very Jose. I, I, you know, his track record for transfers wasn't great at Man United, but over his career, it's been pretty good. Um, he knows he knows a Mourinho player. He knows players that play his system. Where he come and stuck at United is. They didn't want him to play that system, so they wanted them to sort of use those players but play differently. Yeah, I, I, they're, they're like, um, they're not sorry, they're not like us. They've they've got no concerns over adapting to the league for those two. They'll just go straight into the team, I think. Whereas we're like a little bit like, oh, we need to give Allen and Hammers more time, etc. But it's okay. We'll see more at the end of the window because Spurs will do a lot more, I think. Yeah, uh, and then that, that's pretty much it. I mean, we can have a score predictions, potentially any scorers. I, I think we've all kind of referenced the draw so far, but Owen, any, any score predictions? No, no. Brilliant, very exciting. Terry? 1-1. One, one. Another, another very exciting score. I'll go for a 1-11 win. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it hopeful, I'll keep it positive. Hammers can no. come off the bench, score a screamer. You know, I'm going to put my neck off on the line and say this will be the first game in Premier League since 2009, since when Spurs... And Everton last played where there was zero shots on target in the game. I'm going for that. <laughs> you've, you've been made up with that. That'd be your, you'd take that game. Oh, so, Sunday night fucked up, mate, if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Extra you've both been watching the Spurs documentary, have you? On Amazon, I have, yeah, it's very good. I think. What did you make of the um, the Danny Rose incident? I it's, in, it's interesting because Owen's dropped off there, uh, but I mean, we can still talk. Um, still, yeah. it, it's interesting because, yeah, players do are meant to have that kind of winner mentality, but. I don't think he really went about it in the right way. I thought, I mean, of any man of disrespect, I wouldn't go for Jose Mourinho. But to be fair, the way Mourinho reacted to it, he seemed like he quite liked it, to be fair. He probably likes players reacting to him like that, you know, wanting uh, that kind of place in the team. But, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Danny Rose as a character anyway. Uh, uh, and he's not very good anymore. I think he's. I think he thinks he's better than he is. But it's not the end of the world to have a player desperately wanting to play football. Uh, but I didn't really get when he said, oh, he's going to go like tell on Daniel. Uh, because Mourinho's not playing him. Um, I, I didn't really appreciate that point. It's a professional football, but what, what were your thoughts, Terry? Well, I'm 100% on Mourinho's side because, uh, for anyone who, who doesn't know, I, I used to be a manager of a big sports retailer, basically. I thought you were about to tell us about being the, you used to be the manager of like a non-league team or something. Yeah, I, was I thought you were talking about And I was Tony Pulis, and I said to them, stand on the goalie's toes. <laughs> and then I had the northern long throws. 
I, I used to be a manager in um, in a big sports retailer, probably the biggest sports retailer you can figure out, and it's not owned by Mike Ashley, the other one. Um, <laughs> and I've and I've managed staff. Now, obviously, he's managing a team of players, and I was only managing staff, but it's it's a similar scenario. I have been sat in that exact chair that fucking Jose Mourinho was sitting in in that scenario, when you've got someone who works for you coming in talking a good game and talking the odds about this isn't fair and that isn't fair and you know what the elephant in the room is Jose thinks he's shit and he can't say it he's got to <laughs> dance around it and say so and so did this and you didn't do that and all that what he what he wants to say to the players faces you're not getting picked mate because you're crap it's like it's like he can't say that outright though and then obviously Danny Rose does what all staff members do when they're when they're not good at their job, is they point the finger at other players going, you know, and they don't mention names because they don't want to be caught slagging people off, but they go, you know, other people have been shit in training and other people have been shit in games going, yeah, but what you don't realise, Danny, is that means you were worse. Like, that means <laughs> even though even though they're, they've been performing badly, you're still worse than that. But because he can't see it like that, and that's the way they always are, the people who are like that, the... If they're shit, they just sort of write it off as like, well, you know, that doesn't count, but other people's does count. So I was sitting there thinking, but it's the same everywhere. Like you, the elephant in the room is, it's not about his effort, it's about how good he is, and he's not good enough. So when Tanganga comes in and is better than him, that makes Mourinho's minds up for him. He's like, right, he needed to go. He's not good enough. And and Rose is sitting there, and you can see in the next scene how deluded he is. He's going, you know, I'm not playing there. I want to, you know, he wants. Top tier clubs to come in for him, going yeah, but there's a reason. Oh, when he's asking what Milan are doing, is their interest still there? <laughs> yeah, but Milan tried to buy Anthony Robinson from Wigan instead of him. What does that tell you? Like, it's just it, there's a reason Bournemouth and Newcastle are the only teams that come in for you. It's you're not good enough, mate. Like, if you were any good, those top teams would be in for you. You'd be playing at Spurs. This is a top manager. And he's and that's another thing that all staff members do. If they don't like the don't like the truth, they go and I'll take it to someone else who'll tell me something different. It's like <laughs> I'll take it to Daniel. To, like go on, take it because he's all he's going to do is say, you know, it's Mourinho's decision. He's the manager. He's I I was sitting there sympathising with Jose. Loads watching that going. Ah, oh, I know what it's like to sit in that chair. It does your head in because you've got to be diplomatic with someone who's under no obligation to be diplomatic and will just throw his teammates under the bus. And refused to see the writing on the wall. Jose seemed that, to find it quite funny, though. He was sat like laughing when Danny Rose was talking, which I, I thought was quite funny, to be fair. Did you say you'd seen it, or no? Have you not seen it? No, I've not seen it yet, but what you've described to me is exactly the conversations I expect to be having now between Fabian Self and Carlo Ancelotti. No, no, Fabian, <laughs> we don't want you here, Fabian. <laughs> yeah, I think it was good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got, I got him. Um... <laughs> I got those vibes off Danny Rose going. I just thought, I bet you Fabian's else like that. Like, like does not. He's miserable. Calls everyone else shit. Moans about everyone else, and he doesn't do anything like to to, to make himself better. like talks the game like he's class and everyone else is shit. When he's one of the shittest ones there. Fabian Delf is the type of person who's to sit down and expect someone to bring his dinner over in the canteen, isn't he? He's just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I think the yeah. I think the club would like to get him gone as well. I think he's one of the uh, you know I, I, it doesn't work, does it? Let's be honest. It's interesting Newcastle didn't go back in from though. That's what I find interesting. They they kind of went elsewhere. Well, they went for Jamal Lewis. I mean, he, he went to there on loan. Clearly, they didn't fancy him that much. 
I mean, that might be wages or something. I bet he asked for a lot of money, does Danny Rose? He, no, he did very well, to be honest. He wasn't good there either. And he, no, he's, true. You know, he's, he's overweight and that, isn't he, for a player? Like, it's like, this is the thing. You're shit, Danny. You need to stop being shit and go somewhere else. Like, now now he's back at Tottenham and they're trying to get rid of him. Yeah. And Milan, oh, don't seem to be coming, but not even Bournemouth seem to be back in for him and they wanted him when they were in the Prem. And well, then he to West Brom. Yeah, he'll, go, he'll get. He'll, he'll get Kieran Gibbs. Well, he'll get another loan. Kieran Gibbs, there's another one. A big reputation, done nothing. He'll get That'd another be quite loan. Quite the left back partnership, that though. Gibbs yeah. and Danny Rose. Oh, what on earth is that? <laughs> <laughs> he'll get another loan at another Premier League club, and he'll probably stick that place out as well. I'm just glad that it's all about playing time for him because I would have been petrified if I was taking him to cover Luca team, but he's not going to want to be cover for anyone. Is he wants to go somewhere that needs you know a first choice left back and gonna he's probably going to struggle. Where's he from? He's, he's obviously northern, isn't he? Is he from? Is he from Leeds? He's from alone or Sunderland, doesn't he? I don't know. Yeah. But he, He's, he's he's from he's from up north and I think he'll go to one of the northern clubs. I don't know which one could be Leeds, could be I mean I don't know. I'd say that they could have a great left back, I don't know, but Gates said are looking for a left back to be fair. Uh, <laughs> just sold their captain, so he, he he might fit in well in the National League North. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't only, see him going to a Premier League team. That's only if Juventus don't come in for him. <laughs> but then actually speaking of Juventus, that's a perfect segue into the quiz for today. Uh, got a pre season special. Um, obviously another one of our match day quizzes I've spoken to John, apparently we haven't done this one yet um, I, I can't remember what year, I think it was 2013 now uh, whatever that pre-season was uh, we take on Juventus, John Stone's 19 years old steps up, Penenka's Gianluigi Buffon I think it was uh, to win on penalties, I don't know do, do either of you remember this game? No, no. I, I literally remember that Panecha penalty that John said. Yeah, that's, that's how... all I remember as well. Yeah, <laughs> himself, isn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the moment, but uh, that's that's the game we're going for today. Uh, it will be a starting lineup game, as I mentioned, uh, like always. Um, only players that counted players that started or players that came on as used subs. Uh, it is There is an even amount of players, though, so we might need a tiebreaker, so I'll need to think of one while we answer, but probably start the dramatic quiz music now. Uh, and then... Because Owen is the esteemed guest, of course. Owen, we're coming over to you first. Uh, player that started in that game, or oh, came on as a sub. Well, you've already given John Stones away, so I'm going to say John Stones. John Stones absolutely did play that game. It was the Jan, well, it was the summer after he came in, in the January actually. So he he hadn't actually done much, and then he came in that pre-season, and he's all right to be fair. Uh, Terry, Phil Jagielka as a centre back partner. Yep, uh, Owen. Um. Stephen Naismith. It's no Naismith. Um, I believe he was injured. Yeah. Oh no, he was a sub that wasn't used. Typical. So, he was brilliant that season. He doesn't come on in the preseason. <laughs> Terry could Terry could nick it already. Famous uh, Coleman. Yeah, Seamus Coleman did play. Um, while Terry thinks of his music, yeah, we can just rattle off the rest of them if we if we want to. Um, Owen, over to you. You got any got any names? Darren Gibson. Darren Gibson did play. Yeah. Terry, anyone? Leighton Baines. Just going to the back four now. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, uh, we, I'll just kind of leave it open now. We don't really know, need to go back and forwards. Leon Osman. Um, yeah, Osman started, yeah. Tim Howard. Um, Tim Howard, yeah, he started. Pina. Pina played, yeah. Um, Yalovich. Yelovich was an unused sub, I think, yeah. Fellaini, because we hadn't signed anyone yet, have we? Fellaini, yeah, he played. Morales. It's not a bad side, this, really, actually, coming to think about it. Uh, Morales, yeah, he played. And each should be. And each should be played, yeah. Uh, have we had Pino? Yeah, we've had Pino. There's <laughs> one player that we haven't mentioned who started, I think. We've had Howard, Coleman, Stones, Dragielka, Baines, Pinar, Fellaini, Morales, Anichibi, Gibson. This was the start of Martinez, wasn't it? So Ross Barkley? Uh, Ross Barkley came off the bench in the 88th minute, but he didn't start. Oh, I think I've got it. He, he played three centre-backs, didn't he? Like, and we all he thought did. We all thought he was going to do that because he did it at Wigan. Was it Distan? Yeah, so Van Distan did start that game, yeah. And then there was one more player who came off the bench. Apostolic. Played in the Europa League semi-final very recently. Who for? <laughs> Whoever United played. Oh shit! It, it was Oviedo who played for Copenhagen. Yeah, Brian Oviedo, yeah. <laughs> Might be playing in more Europa League semi-finals than we are. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> Brian, Brian. <laughs> have you uh, have you thought your song, Terry? No, because I've been guessing. Um, <laughs> been guessing players. <laughs> Give me a second. Don't suppose you want to get cocky on and start rattling off some uh, Juventus players while we wait. I mean. Some interesting yeah. ones that I actually forgot played there at all. Perlo, that's all you're getting off me. <laughs> Perlo. Did, didn't Perlo miss his penalty, actually? Um, I think so, yeah. And yeah, I think, I think Perlo stepped up in it. Yeah, and then immediately following Stones did the, uh, the chip, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Chiellini, so, um, does he even play for them? Uh, well, he was actually a sub not used. Ogbonna played for them then. Ogbonna, Jesus Christ, we wanted him. Thank God we didn't. Uh, <laughs> Carlos Tevez was playing for them still then. Carlos Tevez? Uh, yeah, Lorente, obviously. I don't know, where is Lorente now after he, he went to Napoli or something, didn't he? Is he still there? I don't know, but he's going to Aston Villa at some point. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that like a yeah. nailed on? He can yeah. take, um, take Sigurdsson as well if they want and reunite that famous partnership. But you know what? We'll have Jack Grealish and we'll give them Sigurd and Delft. Take TVs on the well. It is quite funny, though, that Zaha transfer where, you know, remember when Sky were talking about a part exchange with McCarthy and Tosin, and then they both ended up there anyway and <laughs> we ended up with absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you found one? Yeah, I've, I've got one. I was trying to find a name. A rock one that I hadn't used before. I'm going to go with Bark at the Moon by Ozzy Osbourne. 
Brilliant. I've got no idea what that is, Owen. Do you, have you ever heard that song before? I've just about said about the Osborne, so. <laughs> Same to me. I've, I've done it. I've boxed myself in too much. When I used to do the quizzes, um, I used to always do them against Max. And Max, he, he won most of them because, you know, I'm shit, basically. Um, but he basically, you know, I beat Thomas, though, so. Um, he used to always, he'd pick, like, you know, stereophonics or, or you know, like, I don't know, normal people music, I suppose. And I was like, oh, I've got a, I've got a, whenever normal I win. Normal people music. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I, I'm, I, I've drawn a blank on who he used to pick, but he used to pick, like, um, basically stuff like that, um, or rap songs or whatever, which I do like. But I thought, you know what? He's never going to pick, like, a hard rock or a metal or, like, a, a that type of song. So within reason, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick, like... The singles, not gonna pick obscure like album tracks of like metal bands I like, but I thought I'll pick like, you know, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses or Enter Sandman by Metallica. I think I'm gonna pick, you know, your dad's, you know, rock music that he plays in the shed while he's working. Um and that's that's sort of my niche now. And I've won enough quizzes now that I'm starting to struggle and running out of songs and I've gone, Oh, I need to start. Enough quizzes. Getting ahead of himself, do you mean no, 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 not no, even no. started yet? Be favorite my favourite one was the one I won against you, which you really, really don't like, but that was my favourite. Which one was that? I mean, you've only beaten me like twice, but I'm sure... Why? Because I thought it was once, nice one, did No, no, I think you beat me once because there was an uneven amount of players and you went first, so you won that. Uh, and then <laughs> and then there was another one, I think, where I just had a mare once, so... Yeah, because yeah, we did a quiz once where it was it was like trivia, it wasn't a lineup, so I couldn't really guess. And so... I, I, I didn't do very well oh, in that one. But... Oh, I see. So when it was not a game of averages, you were in the mud. Is that how it was? <laughs> like with I, I play the game that's in front of me, to be fair. I, I can only play by the rules. But, you know, that was, uh, <laughs> that's it for today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Um, let's hope for a good result against Spurs anyway. We are finally getting into this season. I mean, I say finally. It feels like last season's just gone, really. Yeah, it's, it's only been what feels like a few weeks anyway. Uh, thank you to Terry Nook for coming on. Definitely check out their social media. Check all the Toffee Blue social media. The support over the past couple of weeks has been absolutely brilliant. Thank you for that, whether it's our new Colombian audience or new Brazilian audience or whoever's kind of in the comments these days. Uh, very much appreciate it nonetheless. So thank you very much for uh, listening and join us next time on the Toffee Blues.